BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the toast and happy Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It is a gorgeous Friday back in studio, week one of Jackie's return from maternity leave. And I am joined by a gorgeous co-host. He is host of the Good Guys podcast, fellow semaglutide user, founder of Sprit Society, apple of my eye, it's Ben Soffer. Hey, Ben Soffer celeb, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks, that's great. How are you? I'm feeling like the Friday, like itch. I'm like first right week, the weekend. First week, you know, I was unemployed all last month. Let's mm. talk about that. What was it like having me home, just kind of like doing nothing? You weren't doing nothing. I know. I low key was busy. Also, like talk into the microphone, like okay. like you, nice and close. I mean, I was. I was. Cl- I was. No, close. lean back. Lean back. I was comfortable in talking into the microphone. No, just, like, I don't understand. It, I'm sorry. Just like move it closer to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think perfect. This is too close. It's never too close. Okay. Um, you were busy. You were busy. Like, I don't know if, like, you you talk about this, but, like, you're just, like, hitting the gym every day. I know. Like, you're out there doing these classes, running up hills, are you, running like, down hills. Are you threatened by my newfound, just, like, athleticism? Are you jealous? No, I'm definitely annoyed by the newfound complaining that comes with your new hobby. In terms um, of what? I don't feel like I complain about anything. No, it's just, like, constantly sore, constantly tired. But, like, I guess you were sore and tired before anyways. So, yeah. like, now it's, like... At least I'm, like, bettering myself. You're bettering yourself. Yeah. Um, but I'm incredibly proud of you. Thanks. You, uh, took the time off and really did something with it. I did. I know. Did something with it. Uh, and yeah, so. You're proud of me. I am proud of you. Well, it's so great to have you back. So much has happened since the last time you've been on The Toast. When was the last time I was on The Toast? I don't know. I was on your podcast during my maternity leave. So if you guys haven't listened to that, it was actually a fabulous episode. And we talked a lot about both of our journeys with Ozempic. Yes, we did. And it was a fabulous episode, so I feel like we actually don't have that much catching up to do. No, we really don't. Listen to The Good Guys, oh. the episode with Claudia. It really was fantastic. Why also, don't... catch up on the other ones, too. Great show, if I might add. I was going to say, here, I'm going to give you 100 seconds. Go wild. Promote whatever you want to promote. Three. Across the board. Across the board. Three, two, one, action. First and foremost... Good Guys, hosted by myself and Josh Peck. If you guys aren't listening, which I'm sure the majority of you aren't, what are you, nuts? It's a fantastic podcast. We have guests like Hilary Duff, Claudia Ashray, John Stamos. I mean, it's really an they, unbelievable podcast. They and pull then, A-list talent because Ben's co-host is like an actually famous person, not like fake like us, you know? Yeah. And then we have solo episodes where me and Josh just have unbelievable banter. You're going to love it. It's fantastic. So go either watch the episodes. All the episodes are live on Josh Peck's YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Next, 
Spirit Society, you'll notice there's a little box of pink lemonade here, folks. Coming soon by back Popular by popular demand. demand. Everybody wanted this flavor back. It happens to be my favorite, and we are going to be re-releasing it. So look out for that next week. Go to spritzsociety.com and uh, sign up for the notifications to be notified when Pink Lemonade drops again. Gorgeous. You killed it. Yeah. That's it? I think so. Um, Good guys and spritz. Spritz and good guys. Good guys and spritz. Yes. Um, Wait, I wanted to ask you one more thing before. You're going to dive into the Fast Five stories with me today. Yes, we are. Oh, but uh, Ben and I have gone on a journey. You know, we've been through a few journeys in these last few years. We have... um, we have started and completed Young Sheldon. That was a big era have, for us. Yes. We are currently in our Suits era. We are. We're going to talk about Suits. But last night, we re-entered our The Nanny era. And let me just say, I have no interest in watching Suits anymore. Like, I'm obsessed with The Nanny. It's literally, I find myself cackling. Like, it's an actually funny show. What I think is so cool about The Nanny is that I don't think we've ever watched it together mm-hmm. in our 11 years of being together. Yeah. Yet we both know every single word to the theme song. Three, two, one. She was working at a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens. Taylor boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her family. So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door, she was there to sell makeup, but the father saw more. She had style, she had flash, she was there. That's how she became the nanny. This worked out for me. Who would have guessed that the girl he described? Which is exactly, exactly what the doctor prescribed. Now the father finds a regalia. Watch out, CC, and the kids are actually smiling. Such wannabes. She is a lady in red when everybody else is wearing tan. The flashy girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. It's joie de vivre? Yeah, such wow. joie de vivre. I always thought it was such wannabes. That's the song they wrote about you, not the nanny. Excuse me. So you were saying, you were saying. I was just saying, like unbelievable show the fact that we both just like loved it from childhood and it comes back and it stands the test of time it like does. most shows that you bring back you're like i used to like this crap so true no offense like that's how i feel about seinfeld okay that's like the hottest dumbest take okay. i've ever heard I you also didn't watch seinfeld as a seven-year-old no i just like i don't think it's funny why'd you just like bring in seinfeld for no reason because i think more people should talk about how not funny it is no, no like, it it's it is. It's just literally not. It is. That said, Curb is better. But oh, they're 100%. Bo- but they're both like... Is that even a question? Like, people are like, Curb versus Seinfeld? Like, it's not even a question. For people who don't watch Curb. For sure, for sure. Like, um, yeah, but, Another yeah. thing about The Nanny yeah. that I don't think I realized at the time, because when I watched it, it was always on at Nick at Night, 11 o'clock. I would watch it right before mm, bed. Nick at Night. So good. Um... And I, when I was watching it, I was very much like a Jewish girl living, you know, in a Jewish world, going to Jewish school, Jewish camp. Like things being Jewish were not out of the norm for me. But now, yeah. like I'm an adult and I live in the real world, and the show is so Jewish and it's so like proudly Jewish and it's really an accurate reflection of like Jewish culture, especially like in New York and Queens. And it's such a delight to watch and an acceptance of said culture yeah. by a very waspy, waspy family. non-Jewish family. Yeah, and Fran's outfits are amazing, and I feel like Fran's been in the news. A lot. I feel like you're always talking about Fran on your podcast because she's the leader of SAG, the SAG union, and obviously you guys are abiding by yeah, the SAG. We're, we're actors, you know me. Yeah, you know right. Me. Starring in lead roles. I have to respect SAG. Of course, of I course, of course. So she's been in the news recently, and it's just nice to remind ourselves like where she came from. Yeah. It's a fabulous show. It's on Max. I can't recommend watching it enough. We're loving Absolute it. Absolute legend. And then Suits, we've kind of been in our Suits era. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Suits is great. Literally could not hold a candle 
to the nanny. I agree. Just that's just the the but truth. You know, They're different a, shows. It's apples and oranges. They're totally different shows. But like one is so iconic and Suits is great, but it's yeah. no nanny. It's no nanny. And we're also in like this part of Suits in season seven where things yeah. are just a little bit crazy. Like, like Donna, like spoiler alert, even though the show came out ten years ago. Donna wanted to be like a partner at the firm and it's like I respect women in business but like you're not a lawyer uh everything's just kind of being like turned upside down and making no goddamn sense and everyone is honestly being dumb whatever writer wrote in that Donna becomes <laughs> COO and stops being Harvey's secretary when the only reason one one of the only reasons people like the show is the dynamic between Harvey and Donna this whole secretary lawyer like there's like all this like sexual innuendo, this yeah. passion, this fire. They know each other best. And all of a sudden they're like on the equal playing field and, and there's no longer this other. lust. And it's like, it's just such like a... But here's what I think. And this is what I was explaining to you. It kind of made no sense. Like her coming out of left field, not wanting to be a legal secretary anymore and like wanting to be a partner. Um, and so I felt like, and I don't know yet because I don't know how the show ends, but I don't know if Donna and Harvey like end up together. But if they do, it feels like they needed the two characters to be on equal levels, like not have this like power dynamic and power imbalance. They needed them to be equals if they really were going to be a successful couple in the long run. That's what I think. Think the reasoning is because it makes no sense. Yeah, we also forgot to talk about what started Donna's downfall, which was the Donna, the project um, made by Benjamin. From IT. Spoiler alert. By the way, I heard you guys talking about this. You yeah. fibula, fibula, fibula. Fibula. I loved having fibula on the toast. <laughs> oh, also, you have some competition because, like, we don't have a lot of like straight men on the toast. So when we do, like the girlies, you know, mm -hmm. they cream their pants. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you come on, everybody's like, oh, I love that Ben. What a great husband. You know, you get like kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But Fibula came on. He's like younger than you and he's single. And like everyone was like sliding into his DMs being like, oh, my God, the fibs. So I don't know. I'm just letting you know, like you kind of you got to bring your A game today. All I know is I'm not here for you trying to pit me against <laughs> Fibula. You're trying to create drama that doesn't exist. I am. And that said, I don't have to come on anymore. Oh, okay. No problem. Where are you going to promote Sports and Good Guys? On Good Guys. Yeah. Good Guys is growing. Okay, bye. Charting. Bye. No, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so happy. Just letting you know. I'm happy that the toasters love Fibula. They really did. I was surprised. I wasn't sure. You know, he was not our typical demo, our typical co-host. Oh, did they love him? Yeah. I mean, he's he's great. I just want to say, it was he's so great. funny. The bar for co-hosts is so interesting. Because like when a girl comes on and like, if, you know, sometimes you just don't vibe with the co-host, the comments are like... Like, love you, Claude's, but, like, she was annoying. And, like, with Fibs, they were, like, obsessed. Like, the bar is so much lower for the guys. They're, like, wait, I need to marry Fibula. And, like, with you, they're, like, I'm obsessed with that. And, like, you didn't even do anything that special. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, me and Fibula are starting a hate group against the toast. <laughs> because the way that you just said that the bar is low for the two of us. I, I'm not No, saying the bar is really fucking high. And you get really high male guests. Maybe you should get less shitty female guests. By the guests. way, that wasn't a reflection of your performance or Fibula's. You're, you both were excellent. Fibula really knocked it out of the park. But I just thought the reception from our mostly female audience was funny. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah. It is funny. They're funny. They're funny. <laughs> Moving back to the reason Suits. I brought the Donna. Connor Wood into the equation mm -hmm. was you guys spoke about... Uh, what the fuck did you guys speak about? I lost my train of thought. Statue of Limitations on spoiling a show Thank from 10 you. years ago. Watch it or don't. Yeah, or live Enough. with the consequences. People need to be able to talk about it. Watch it or live with the consequences. Also, I highly recommend watching Suits through season five and then throwing your TV... <laughs> Like off, well, off of you, your balcony. You, what you had been saying, which I want you to finish your thought is the Donna. The Donna. 
There was this storyline in Suits that was so unbelievable. Came out of stupid. left field too. Honestly, I have to imagine that maybe at that time there was a writer strike. Must have been. And they got some like low budget non-union writers to write this no, no. moronic storyline. That wasn't a writer. Couldn't be. It no, was a robot. No, no writer could have written that storyline. It was human. Like I felt this, dumb watching the show. This IT guy goes to Donna. And admits to her that he's been tracking her and her creating. every move the entire time she's been at the law firm. And been logging every one of her decisions to create like a robot, basically like an Alexa called the Donna. So dumb. Like so a personal assistant tool that actually does nothing, that just has Donna's voice. And then all of a sudden, you see her pitching it to VCs. She's this secretary pitching this product that wasn't even hers. And then all of a sudden, the product gets killed. And she's so upset that this was her life's passion, but she didn't even make it. And then she becomes COO. And Suits is just terrible. Totally. Now that we've watched it, I'm done. Like, our eyes have been open to I'm like done. actually good television. I'm done. That said, Lewis Lit. Honestly, you I. should have ended up with Fran Drescher. Obsessed. Obsessed. I the know. nanny and the lawyer. I know. So that's just like what we've been up to. <coughs> oh, you better stop. One singular cough. You better stop. We've only been going for 12 minutes. So. One, sing one cough per 12 minutes. It's pretty good. Do you need a water or something? No, I'm okay. You sure? Yeah, my throat is dry, but I'm fine. So you feel like equipped to begin. I do. To dive in. I do. To the fast five. I do. Stories. I do. That you. Yes. Need to know. Yes. Period. And the Fast Five stories that you need to know, period, are brought to you by Bowl and Branch. Your bedding should be the most important thing in your life. I know for us it is. I mean, how many hours do we spend? Our bed is our sleeping arrangement, obviously. It's our <laughs> kitchen. It's our office. Sanctuary. It's, our, it's literally a haven of peace and restoration, thanks to Bowl and Branch. Start investing in your best sleep with the softest, most luxurious sheets from Bowl and Branch. The Bowl and Branch sheets feel incredible because they don't cut any corners, and they know that that takes time to create that kind of quality. Each sheet set is slow made for an unmatched softness with 100% traceable organic cotton that feels unbelievably soft for years to come. So I know you like know nothing about the home because like I do everything, but give me, describe your bowl and brand sheets in three words. They're the sheets we've had our entire time living in this apartment. Unbelievable. I said three words. So unbelievable. Unbelievable. Soft. Cool. Cool. So the sheets that we have are the signature hem sheets from Bowling Branch. It's their bestseller for a reason. They use the highest quality 100% organic cotton threads on earth. Each sheet is slow made for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They feel buttery to the touch and are super breathable. So they're perfect for both cooler and warmer weather. Like you said, we don't switch them out per the seasons. We just, we stay cool. We are cool and we stay cool, Ben. Made without toxins, free from synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. They give you a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and uh, returns on all U.S. orders. So get a better night's sleep with Bolin Branch sheets. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code TOAST at BolinBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. Promo code TOAST. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is also brought to you by Honey Love. You know, I feel like you can trust me on, on a few things. And when it comes to shapewear, I feel like that is a topic I feel extremely well-versed and trustworthy on. And Honey Love, I love. I discovered Honey Love before they were a sponsor from a Facebook ad. And I have worn so many of their products to weddings, events, when we speak at conferences. I never leave my house without some sort of control top, without some sort of shapewear. Summertime, it can be a really uh, hard time 
to suffer in an uncomfortable bra. Well, thankfully, Honey Love has revolutionized, revolutionized the bra game. Upgrade from traditional bras that use comfortable under, uncomfortable underwire and bulky fabrics that trap mm. heat. Honey Love's bras feature support bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing a lift. They're made with fabric that's so soft, it's like a second skin. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. It's next level comfortable. You'll forget you're wearing it. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com toast. Of course, you'd be supporting our show and just supporting your titties. So check them out at honeylove.com forward slash toast. There's nothing worse in the summer than taking your bra off and seeing like that line of sweat. It's like embarrassing and gross. The Honey Love bras are keeping your tatas cool, lifted all summer long. Um, and that feeling when you like get home and you just want to rip your bra off, you don't really have that with Honey Love because it really feels like a second skin. You can even sleep in it. They have you covered for the everyday looks, workouts, wedding, and more. Honey Love is just a brand that I supremely trust. So treat yourself with the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash toast. Use the exclusive link for 20% off, honeylove.com slash toast. Cinched, snatched, and lifted. It's hot girl season thanks to Honey Love. All right, are you ready for our first story, which is kind of... I am. It was like this groundbreaking, not really, expose on Jimmy Fallon. Mm. I don't know if you saw, Rolling Stone came out with this big tell-all former current staffer speaking to Jimmy's drinking, his behavior on set, the toxic workplace. You know, it was kind of... It was kind of very standard. I feel like the last one, Rolling Stone just did one on James Corden. It was like the Ellen DeGeneres treatment. And uh, I feel like nobody cares. That's just like what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling. And I feel like this was also a very known thing. I feel like eight years ago, somebody told me like Jimmy Fallon is always drunk. And every time I see him do something, whether he's on a podcast or on his actual show doing his monologue and appearance, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a drunk person. I feel like that's just been like a, a common secret that everybody knew and no one was going to do anything mm-hmm. about. But Rolling Stone took matters into their own hand. They launched a full fledged investigation. Um, And Jimmy Fallon actually responded almost immediately and apologized to the Tonight Show staff after the report. There was like a bunch of stories that came in about him embarrassing staffers, making them cry. Apparently, like those celebrity green rooms where celebrities are held during the regular working hours, they were called like the crying room. Like the staffers would go in there and cry once they were yelled at. Mm. Jimmy Fallon just immediately apologized. He did it on an all-hands Zoom they had. He said, sorry if I embarrassed you, your family, your friends. I feel so bad. I can't even tell you. There was a lot of... um, like actual instances that Rolling Stone cited specifically, and I think he was responding directly to them. This is kind of like an amazing way of handling it. I just, I don't know. I feel like he's not going to get the Ellen, James Corden. People hated Ellen. They were looking for a reason to like cancel a jump. People hated James Corden for, you know, whatever reason. It was like the internet hate train. People don't hate Jimmy Fallon. Would you like to speak? Oh my God. <laughs> Agreed. People don't hate Jimmy Fallon. Um, if you're apologizing immediately, like, you're wrong for that. Like, you're obviously, like, you have something to hide. Mm. You're in the wrong. Um, I think, like, yes, it's non-traditional. This isn't, like, an accounting firm. It's Hollywood. So there's always going to be, like, a level of crazy. But there's really no excuse for Jimmy himself to be, like, a demon. You know, like, maybe your showrunner. Do we have an asshole. example? Do we have a singular example? Yes, there was many examples. I just want one. And actually, Do you have one? it was in the Rolling Stone article about how um, during a, a taping with Jerry Seinfeld, he like called out one of the staffers and like it was like really bad. And actually, Je- what's his name? What's- Jerry. Jerry. Jerry Seinfeld actually released a statement before this uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, apology and said, I was there. It didn't really go down like that. Like, I know what you're talking about. 
and you're kind of misconstruing like the situation. But the situation actually did happen. Jerry Seinfeld knew what Rolling Stone was talking about. Okay. But wait, here's what Jimmy Fallon said. It's embarrassing and I feel so bad. Sorry if I embarrassed you and your family and your friends. I feel so bad. I can't even tell you. He added that he did not intend to, quote, create that type of atmosphere for the show. I want the show to be fun. It should be inclusive to everybody. It should be the best show. The apology comes after two current and 14 former employees claimed that The Tonight Show has been a toxic workplace for years. This is what they said in the article. Nobody told Jimmy no. Everybody walked on eggshells, especially the showrunners. You never knew which Jimmy we were going to get and when he was going to throw a hissy fit. Look how many showrunners went so quickly. We know they didn't last long. Apparently his show has had a new showrunner every single year for every single season, which is like extremely uncommon. Mm. Sources claimed that Fallon's erratic behavior... Erratic behavior led to staff, especially showrunners, quitting the company. It was like, if Jimmy's in a bad mood, everyone's day is fucked. It was very much like, focus on whatever it is that you have to do because Jimmy's in a bad mood, and if he sees that, he might fly off the handle. Seven staffers alleged to Rolling Stone that their mental health was affected by the negative atmosphere behind the scenes and that joking about wanting to kill themselves was common workplace there. There were also allegations that guest dressing rooms were known as the crying rooms for staff. This is what one, a former employee said. Mentally, I was in the lowest place of my life. I didn't want to live anymore. I thought about taking my own life all the time. I knew deep down I would never actually do it, but in my head, I'm like, why do I think about this all the time? Back in 2016, Page Six actually exclusively reported that NBC was concerned with Jimmy Fallon's drinking and that it would lead to problems on the show, although the network denied it at the time. Following the publication of that report, several staffers came to his defense. He makes a point of commending you when you do a great job when he's happy, a current employee who preferred to remain anonymous, told People Magazine. And any feedback I've received is always like, hey, we don't need to do that again. It's been very constructive and helpful for me in continuing to, continuing to put together a show that he's happy with. I've never been belittled, yelled at, nothing like that. It's all exactly how a boss should give feedback to an employee. So that was 2016. And it seems like since then, everything has gone completely downhill because so many people came to his defense when there were like rumors about his drinking in 2016. But now in 2023, like not one person chose to go on the record with their name with Rolling Stone, former and current employers, everyone's been anonymous. Mm. Oh, is this the time where you want me to chime in? Yes. Um, this is a very difficult situation. Yeah. I feel like he... Now he, with more information, it seems like this is a, a bad place to work. I would like to go on the record saying that you can quit. Mm. Right? Like... I mean, it's really... That's like an amazing job. If I you're, get if it. you're like a writer, a comedian, like... And you want to work in this industry, like getting a job there is like, that's like the best job you can get. Totally. And those people and you, go on to like, write for SNL. Like it's really like a launching point. I, I know. I just, whatever, whatever you I'm going to, whatever I'm going to say is not going to sound good. Okay. So like, if you want to cut it, you can cut it. Okay. I'm just saying like people choose to work where they choose to work. They choose to work for either employees that maybe, I mean, for employers that they believe in, or they choose not to work for employers that they think. Are, are bad people. Sometimes it's about like an overall message of a company or for this, it's clearly uh, trying to uh, pave the way for a very promising career. career. But choose if you are feeling something like suicidal. Like, that's horrendous. Yeah, that's Qu horrendous. Quit. Uh, yeah, I think, Quit. Like, you, I think you're, he you're, was, cho you're choosing way, to work there. But I think he was saying like, I think he was saying like he knew his feelings were a uh, exaggeration. Like I don't think he was really feeling suicidal, but like, to be 
for your job to like make you so dark but like I also really don't feel like you should have to give up something you worked hard for because somebody has a drinking problem and is an asshole like it's still it's NBC you're working at like a company that has HR but it's like all these but, um, but, but then why can't you ask to work for a different show at NBC because why should you have to do that like you worked hard to get to this the Tonight Show Jay Leno Johnny Carson it is a legendary show it is a show that every comedy writer not, or TV writer would want to work on and you got there. Why the fuck should you have to give that up because Jimmy Fallon's a dick and can't control his liquor? Okay. You know? That's fine. You were, yeah, of course. Nobody, but if the, but if nobody the problem, has to be anywhere. But if the problem is severe enough, you can also quit. Of That's course, all I'm saying. Of course, nobody has to be anywhere but I also just don't subscribe to the notion that like you should have to give up things you've worked for because life Hollywood isn't fair. Like life should be fair. I hate that thing. Like Life should be fair. It it's should. Not, it's not though. It's not. It's not. It's not. Jimmy, we wish you best. Well, he definitely like has, an, like, and if people have been talking about it since 2016, that's seven years. Yeah, he's, he clearly has a drinking problem, which yeah. is very sad. And I think there's been a few um, moments where people were like close to uncovering it. Like, remember when he was on the show for like a few months with like his arm in a crazy sling and he was like, I fell or whatever. Like, I think there's been a lot of red flags, but it's, it's just kind of been this open secret that nobody has addressed. But I think maybe now might be, even though this isn't even like, a, it's a big story, but like, it's not going to affect his ratings. I don't think it's really going to affect how people perceive him. Like, he's just kind of this like affable guy. Yeah, he's because very, like, Fever Pitch was great. Right, SNL. Like, he's really like America's no, sweetheart vibe. It's really Fever Pitch. For sure, for sure. But he comes from like this, like history of like American, like people love him. Yeah. Like he's, I, I don't think this will affect him. People weren't reason for looking for a reason to hate him like they were with Ellen and James Corden. But it's so interesting. Like I, I'm surprised that James Corden was handled the way that he was. Like I wouldn't have expected James Corden to be canceled. Really? I feel like people just hated him for no reason. And then the article came out and we were like, oh, we get it now. Like people, they were looking for a reason and they got one. People did not like James Corden because he was like, Always showing up with celebrities out of nowhere. He was in like everything. It was like he was literally in the Friends reunion. Like, what is James Gordon doing here? Like, he became, it's that whole thing. Like, I always quote this, but it's true. Like, likability is a prison. Mm. Like, you become so, James Gordon overnight, carpool karaoke. He was like this British guy nobody knew about. He got this random show. He wasn't even in a good time slot. He was like the late, late show. It wasn't supposed to be this yeah. big thing. And then everybody loved him. And of course, what comes next? Hate. Mm -hmm. And everybody hated him. Hated, hate, hate. And he was annoying. And it was James Gordon. And then... The article came out and it's like, oh, now we have an actual reason to dislike him. The same thing with his uh, Balthazar scandal where they said he was rude to the waiter. Like, nobody really was able to fact check that, but they ran with it because they were looking for a reason to dislike James Corden. Mm -hmm. But no one was looking for a reason for Jimmy Fallon, and I actually don't think this will affect him, honestly. Yeah. I don't think his show will be canceled. I don't mm -hmm. think he'll go off the air. Mm -hmm. He's in the most prestigious time slot in late night mm -hmm. on NBC in Johnny Carson's time. Like, mm -hmm. nobody cares. Mm -hmm. I have one random thought. Mm -hmm. Why, if you take Ellen, if you take James, if you take Jimmy, if you take any of these late night folks, why are they the ones who are responsible for working so closely with everybody at the company when technically they're talent? Like, no. why isn't there like a CEO of the Tonight Show? It's called the showrunner. Oh, that's that person. Yeah. And but, like, so, but like why? There, there seems to be too much interfacing. Like if you think about any other 
like talent-led project. Mm -hmm. The talent does not talk to the employees that are working on the project, right? But then, but by the way, then there would be another article. He thinks he's too good to talk totally. to producer. Totally. I'm just saying, if you actually want to solve the problem, yeah. you'd think that separating church and state a bit but might I, help. For sure. But I think like the best possible show comes from like Jimmy being with the writers and them writing shit together. Like I, in an I ideal it. scenario, it's like a family. I get it. But I think a lot of um, the toxicity, and this happened with Ellen, was like a big part of her, you know, the, the expose that came out about her was about her showrunner, Annie Lassner. And him and Ellen were so close, like friends, family vibes. So it really starts at the top. And who's at the top? Ellen. Hmm. Then Andy. Then the producers. Like, it's like a tree. I understand. So I hear what you're saying. I actually agree. But I think, you know, if Jimmy Fallon never spoke to his writers, it's like, well, that's fucking rude. They write you jokes and now everyone thinks you're funny and we know you're not. Your writers yeah, wrote it. Yeah, but see, it's a double-edged sword. Yes. How can you win? Likeability is a prison. And be a human being. Like, human beings have problems. Human beings are assholes. Human beings are sweet. Complex. Like, for whatever reason, we choose to, like, put celebrities on these pedestals as if they're not just regular humans with, like, cool jobs. Mm -hmm. Or cool jobs. Prisons. Right. Prisons. Right. But... Everybody fucks up and everybody has these problems. But I think these articles and, come out like when it's like a true pattern. It's not like Jimmy had a bad day. Like, of course, everybody has a bad day at work. No, but no, but Jimmy, and again, we don't know Jimmy. We're just speculating, but it seems like he has a drinking problem. Mm -hmm. That stinks. Yeah. That's a personal problem. Like, he should adjust his drinking. Yeah. And, but that's a personal problem. I guess if this it, it affects the workplace, it becomes a work problem. Right. But, damn. No, right, wishing him well. Wishing everyone well. Um, all right, are you ready for our next story? I am. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky have revealed their unique name for their second baby. So their child's unusual name has been revealed a month after she gave birth. Uh, her and the rapper have named their son Riot Rose Mayers, according to his birth certificate, which was obtained by the Blast on Thursday. The name could be a subtle nod to ASAP's, tra ASAP's track Riot, which was released in July and features Pharrell. It follows the pair, uh, their naming tradition, favoring the letter R, their first name, their first son's name is Riza, R-Z-A, and now their second son's name is Riot. It's tough. It's not a great name. It's, I, 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 if I anyone can make it cool, it's ASAP Rocky and Rihanna's son. Yeah, but you just never know. It's kind of like getting that tattoo when you're 14, not knowing what it's going to look like when you're 90. Like if you get a huge lion on your back, Sure, it's cool at, I said 14. Sure, it's cool at 22. Right. It won't be cool at 90. Now, he, uh, I did really choose this story. Obviously, I care. You know, Rihanna's like a trendsetter. I'm sure everybody's going to be naming their kids Riot. But it made me think, you know, because you're a celebrity. I am. And we, you know, God willing, knock on wood, Baruch Hashem, and Hara, one day we'll have children. And are we going to go? Because you're a celebrity. Like, and if you are a celebrity with a child, like, you have to name them something crazy. God yeah. forbid you name them Rachel. You yeah. have to name them Apple. Yeah. What route are we gonna take? Are we gonna go like jeans? You know, I think we should name our kid like denim. Yeah, um, normal names. I feel like you're wanting to go like really Jewish. Like you want your kid's name to be like Mordechai. No, I just want I just want good normal names. There's mm -hmm. a reason that there's there are certain names that have like stood, stood the, the test, test of, of time. time. It's because they don't mean anything else. Ben doesn't mean anything sure in hebrew it means son but it doesn't mean anything it's a name it's a name it's a name like if you want to read into it you can riot means causing a a fussle like causing like a problem like it's kind of negative it's negative right it's negative actually it could be it depends what 
kind of riot we're talking about. You know, riots cause change. Maybe she wants her son to be a change maker. I understand. So but it also son- could be negative, like riots, you know? It's just weird. I just don't think that these kids will end up going by, by like... Maybe they'll call Blue, him Rye. Does Blue Ivy go by Blue? Yes. People call her Blue. Yeah. What's up, Blue? Yeah. Hmm. But see, now in hindsight, like when, when Beyonce said Blue, we were like, that's crazy. Now... It's still crazy. No, it's like her name is Blue, you know? Same with North. When Kim said her baby was named North, I was like, honestly, are, are you for real, Kim? Like, this is insane. But North is her name. They call her Nori, N- North. Like, But see, that's different. I don't think people... But they call... call no, they actually, sorry. They call her Nor- North, 100%. I just can't get behind this. But like now, with time, like, it's a name. No, it's no, crazy I'm, how it... It's even like... I just don't think it's a name. Even Apple. These are not names. Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter. Like, it's a name. Like, it's crazy how a word... Maybe that's what Shakespeare was saying. Like, what's in a name? These are not names. But, like, they are now. No. I don't, honestly, the fact that you brought up Blue Ivy, like, I don't even think of that as a crazy name anymore. Okay. Well, but when it, when it happened, I was like, Blue? <laughs> Question mark? No, I, I, I just... You don't agree? I, I inherently disagree. I will say... These are not names. Rizza, names. Names should be for people and things. Like, in Judaism, we name after very, very important people that have passed, right? Like, to honor them with a name. Mm-hmm. Like... Do people not honor with names in some regard? Like, I did think that in Christianity, you name after living grandparents. Like, there's yeah. there's honor to a name. Like, what honor is blue? What honor is apple? Maybe what we honor- just don't know it, but there is. Okay, so maybe there's meaning. Yeah. It's understood. Yeah. Understood. I don't think that there's, like, I guess there's I meaning to riot. Mean, I no, think- you're right. Maybe there's meaning to riot. Right. We just don't know it because we're not Rihanna's I- family. Hmm. God. I think we should so name complex. our I think we should name our child Leaf. I think we should name our child Theo. I agree. We should have brought Theo today. Question. This is more for if a rabbi or a Rebitson, the wife of a rabbi, happens to be listening to today's episode of The Toast. Can you name after a living pet? I know you can't name after a living human. In Judaism. Can you name after a living pet? Why? Theo. You actually want to name our child Theo? Theo is an unbelievable name. I agree, but like it's taken. No, it would honor him. It well, would honor our true first son. While he's living. He's so cute. He's an angel. I miss him. I know. We should have brought him today. When was the last time you brought him? Not for a while. His schedule and mine like actually conflict. They do lightly conflict. In the right. mornings. They we, do. we both have really busy they mornings. They do. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He's at the UN. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for our next story? I am. It is another update in the Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner. And honestly, I wouldn't have chosen it, but this one is interesting. And as you pointed out this morning when you read this article, it's quite contradictory. So Joe Jonas has allegedly complained that Sophie Turner was, quote, less than supportive after she gave birth. So this is the kind of first, the reason I chose it, this is the first thing that's come out in this very messy divorce saga that appears to be in defense of Sophie. So far, everything has been uh, Joe's with the kids and she's an absentee parent and she likes to party and he likes to be home. Well, now Joe Jonas was apparently less than supportive of his now estranged wife, Sophie Turner, when she was struggling after giving birth to their second child last year, according to a new report. Sources told TMZ Thursday that the Jonas Brothers member allegedly pressured Sophie to attend industry events, get out of the house more, despite her not wanting to be photographed. 
Although she preferred to stay home with their two daughters, Sophie put on a brave face, went to numerous events with her husband. However, sources told TMZ that Turner has made it clear that she was uncomfortable and did not want to be there. At a separate event that Turner did not attend, Joe allegedly complained that his wife needed to get out more, prompting those around him to suspect that their marriage had hit a rough patch. Jonas's rep declined to comment on that report. Reps for the estranged couple didn't immediately return page six request for comment. Joe filed for divorce on Tuesday after four years of marriage, stating in court documents that their union was irretrievably broken. In a joint statement, they called it a united decision. So up until this point, everything we've been hearing is that Sophie likes to party. He wants to be home with the kids. He's the real parent in the relationship and she's an alcoholic. And now it's like, actually, she was really struggling postpartum and didn't want to leave the house. And he kind of forced her to do that. So how can both of these be true? Which one is it? Right. They're Which actually extremely it? contradictory. Extremely contradictory. And, you know, we always like to say at the toast, two things can be true at the same time. These actually cannot be. They could be true at different portions of time. Perhaps. But when they met, Sophie's 27? Yeah. Yeah. He's she, 34. Like. She's younger. If, if she did want a party, that's fine. Yeah. She's in her party era. Right. Right? Like 27. I get that she chose to have kids, but still. Good for her. It does now seem, though, like she did not want a party. Right. And this article is quite negative towards Joe, and I certainly hope it's not true, pressuring your wife, postpartum wife to leave the house postpartum. Everybody knows that a postpartum woman, you, nobody knows what a postpartum woman is dealing with. No, but right? then also on the, taking it to another level, being famous, like when you go to, it's not like I'm going to my husband's holiday work party. Like you're going to an, an event where pictures of you are going to be blasted all over the, the world before you wake up the next morning. And yeah. like that element of being postpartum is even more harrowing, like your physical appearance you're feeling so emotional, so hormonal. Your body's changed. Like, no wonder she doesn't want to leave the house. Yeah, and it also, I don't know. There was a period of time over the last year where I could not check TikTok and not see the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. No, on they, somebody's something. Like, they have been, like, working again. Working time. Again, just, like, right when Sophie's, ha like, giving birth, having kids. How old is their child? Uh, they, She gave birth, like, to her last kid, like, six months ago. Okay, so it's fairly new. Fresh. So, from the entire time that she was pregnant and up until like very recently, they have been everywhere, everywhere, yeah. overtime promoting. Doing the most. Being as front, like facing the camera as humanly possible, trying to make sure that their album or their tour or whatever the yeah. hell is going on is front and center. And I'm sure some publicist is like, we need you and Sophie to be right. more present. Because, because so much a part of their brand is like the Jonas Brothers and then the Jonas Sisters. Yeah. Priyanka Chopra, Danielle Jonas, Sophie Turner. It's like this clique that's actually been really good for their brand. Everybody like is obsessed with the wives. Yeah. So Sophie wanting to take time for herself. I guess if you're like a narcissist, you could see that as like attack on the Jonas Brothers. But like everybody needs to calm down. Totally. And uh, like le seriously leave her alone. Uh, but this is the reason I chose this story is because it shows like a sign of life from Sophie. It seems like the last week has been just like blow after blow to Sophie and she hasn't defended herself. Her publicist has not, her team, her camp has not put anything out about her as a mother. And this is like the first time it's like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And being six months postpartum with a six month old infant, like this is literally and another the child. This is the last fucking thing they need no, or right. she needs. She like, needs. Especially if her husband's on tour. Oh, right. Like she, like, I don't understand the narrative of how is it possible that he is the parent in the relationship when he is on tour. On a world tour, right. Is that six-month-old baby on tour? That's what they're making it seem like. Oh, that that baby is on the bus. They, that Well, not the bus, but... No, but how that else? They, that he's on tour and the kids are with him. Got it. And where is she? 
that's what they're alleging. Like, that's what's been said. Got it. It's like, where's Sophie? I'm like digging deep in the weeds, but like, is she breastfeeding? I don't know. I'm just saying, how could you be without? But the, And by the way, she, maybe the, she's not. The last show in Boston, I think it was, she was there with mm. the kids. So it's all, this is like so crazy messy. And I don't know if we'll really ever find out like what the truth is, but I think the truth is that it's none of our business. Just couldn't agree more. Yeah, like this is a family. Yeah. Leave them alone. Okay, but like we just like made it our business because we spoke about it. No, I know. So which well, one is, we have no choice. is it our business or not? We have no choice. Okay, yeah, none of our business. Wishing them well. Um, our next story is brought to you by Game Time, which is very appropriately because we're going to be talking about the U.S. Open and you actually can get tickets to the U.S. Open on Game Time. Mm-hmm. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price, guaranteed, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. So Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, Mm. and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket, ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy. You'll know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's just two taps and you're all set. Tickets are then sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. I actually, uh, they had amazing tickets for the US Open day of on Game Time. I checked when we were going. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Toast for twenty dollars off your first purchase. That's uh, code Toast for the Game Time app. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem with code Toast for that twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you, Game Time, for Certainly. sponsoring today's episode. Yes. All right. So, in that spirit, our story uh, number four is about the climate protester who glued his feet to the floor at the U.S. Open, interrupting Coco Goff's semifinal win over Muchova. So, I was watching this last night. I don't need to read the article. I lived it. There was like a pause in in the game, and it was like there was a disruptance in the two hundred level, and then like it literally kept going on. They were off the court for t- thirty minutes. Excuse mm. me. And a lot of people, they were, the, everybody started chanting, get him out, get him out. And the people on TV didn't know what was going on because it was all the way up. They couldn't see. Um, and then things started coming out on social media. People were videoing. Like three people had stood up and started chanting something about fossil fuels. And pl- NYPD and Arthur Ashe security came and removed them. So why did it take 30 minutes? Because the third guy wouldn't leave. He glued his bare feet to the cement floor of Arthur Ashe Stadium, and it took 30 minutes to get him unglued and escorted out. Like, the players actually didn't even sit on the court. They went back inside and, like, you know, were in the gym, like, staying hot or whatever. (sighs) I know that you said that you're not reading the article. Do you want me to? No, just the part about Coco Goff saying... Oh, yes, you're actually right. Like, like, just read that part. So during uh, the press conference after the match, which she did end up winning... Um, Machova, the girl who lost, said, I thought it was like fans screaming and cheering, but it was a group called Extinction, Re- Extinction, Extinction Rebellion that was responsible for the protest. But Coco Goff actually uh, spoke kind of in defense of them. Wait, let me find exactly what she said. Throughout history, moments like this are definitely defining moments. I believe you know in climate change. I don't really know exactly what they were protesting. I know it was about the environment. I 100% believe in that. I think there are things that we can do better. Would I prefer it not happening in my match? 100%. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and lie. So she supports the message, not the delivery. So then maybe it was Machova who said that 
Like somebody in that article said that they were down for what happened. This is what Coco Goff said. We didn't know how long it was going to take. We were talking to the supervisor and security and, you know, they said it would be as quick as five minutes or as long as an hour. It was tough trying to figure out if we should stay warm or conserve energy. Machova said, I just wanted to get off the court and then keep myself a little warmed up and not just stand there. That's all. Really? Yeah. I thought I read something else. And Machova said, we see it here and there on some occasions, not just with tennis. It is what it is. What can we do about it? They both were like very passe about it. They didn't want to, you know. I don't know what article I read. Okay. They didn't so want to come out and be like, you know, Coco Goff no. doesn't stand for environmentalism. No, of, course. of course. But also, it's fucking annoying disrupting like a public event and outing is never going to be a good way to get your message across. Because honestly, everyone who was there and everyone who was watching was annoyed at the delay. Unfor and honestly, now I think environmentalists are fucking annoying. So maybe it had an adverse effect. Unfortunately. But I though, guess like we're talking about it. We're talking it. about it. We're talking about it. So it had the effect that they wanted. Really? Uh, but I would like by the to way, but, but did it? Because nobody, not even Coco, nobody knew what they were actually protesting. Like what about, there's a lot of things going on in the environment. And I just want to say that whole thing, like now we're talking about it environmental issues don't have a PR problem. I feel like we're always talking about the environment. Yeah, so it's true. Like, okay, now we're talking about it again. It's true, now what? Now what? We're always yeah, talking about you're it. You're right. It, 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 Leonardo DiCaprio, all the celebs love to talk about it and they get on their private planes and like destroy the environment. It, it is a now what? Right, no, it's not a... It's not a, uh, a There's, there isn't an awareness problem. Right, it's not a humanitarian issue that has an awareness problem. Yeah, 100%. We are aware. Now what? It's like probably the biggest. We're, we're aware always now talking about it. We're aware now what? Right. Now what? I want to see the bottom of that guy's feet. I know. Like glued himself to, what did he use to glue himself? I want to talk about what kind of glue. Was it super glue? If it what was, else could it be? It couldn't it have been Elmer's. a hot glue. It couldn't have been Elmer's because Elmer's would not have stuck into the ground. No, we all used to put Elmer's on our hands it doesn't in do middle school and it peels off. A glue gun, too hot. Also, where do you plug it in? No electricity. You can't. So that leaves super Gorilla glue. glue. And that would leave his feet in a credibly compromised position. Really bad. Remember? Also, he's really fucking lucky. This moron, and I'm calling him a moron because he glued his feet to of the course, ground. Of course, you don't you explain. He's really lucky that the police didn't just pick him up mm -hmm. and rip his feet from the ground that they believed him. By the way, maybe it's all a farce. Maybe he claimed that they were glued. Very true. Right? So they wouldn't no, you're do right. that. NYPD could have just like grabbed him and pulled NY him and yanked. This is this is a nice story for the NYPD. Right. They were very nice <laughs> to this protester. No, who's being like Loosely removing his feet from, lightly yeah. removing his feet from the ground. Do you remember that woman who accidentally used Gorilla Glue to set her hair? No. Oh, yes, I do. And she had to undergo like crazy surgery. There Gor was like not many doctors honestly, who wanted to do it. Honestly, Gorilla Glue? should be outlawed. No, it's honestly, Or you should need like a driver's license or something to purchase it. The fact that you can walk into like a CVS. It's true actually. And buy fucking Gorilla Glue. But when I go into a CVS or a Dwayne Reed, I need to, uh, behind lock and key is my deodorant because people, I can't get a deodorant without a key, but I can buy Gorilla Glue and seal my eyelids no. shut. And then all of a sudden, like one of my cousins can pick it up and put it under their armpit and rip off all their armpit hair. But I need to go behind lock and key for Did deodorant. Did your cousin do that? No, I'm just saying. Like, Wait, it's an amazing point. Right? It's, it's dangerous. Like how hard is it to pick up anything? No, it's true. Like in New York City, Everything over $5 is behind lock and key. Like my razors for my leg behind lock and key. Deodorant, that's not like the shittiest brand behind lock and key. Everything is, Zyrtec, Advil, if you want the liquid gels, behind lock and key. If you want the shit Walgreens ibuprofen brand, oh, you can get that, no problem. Yeah, I admitted this on Good Guys yesterday. What? I will go into Dwayne Reed and instead of calling for somebody to come with the lock and key, I will 
literally break my hand, reaching it behind the plastic and pull out whatever I can get. Yeah. Because I'm not waiting for somebody to come and unlock my deodorant. It's also so personal. When I go to a pharmacy, like maybe I'm buying tampons, maybe I'm buying condoms, maybe people are buying pregnancy tests. Condoms. Like, you know what I mean? It's personal. I so to have to call someone over like, hi, can I get these jumbo magnum Trojans? Like, it's true. It's embarrassing. It's true. But regardless, nothing should be behind lock and key. Agreed. Have better security in the store. Or shut down the store entirely if you can't handle people walking into your store and not stealing a, no, crime, a, a bottle of Gillette. Crime is such a problem. Like these pharmacies, they're not doing this by choice. It hinders their sales. Because I walk in, I'm like, you know what? You say that and we're talking about it as if it was crime. But then all of a sudden we're talking about the fact that their generic brand is not behind lock and key. So is it for crime or is it so that it's more difficult to buy Advil so you're just going to buy the ibuprofen brand, brand where they make a significantly higher margin on? Are they pretending that it's crime when in reality it's the crime of the store? It's the crime of the store. But the I agree. But... Contrary to what I just said, they don't have a Walgreens brand deodorant that I can just pick up. And they don't have a Walgreens brand super glue, which is what you were initially talking about. Yeah, Gorilla Glue. Terrible. You're right. It's kind of like a crazy product that's like weirdly Insane accessible. Insane product. You don't have to be like 18 to buy it. No, and it's 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 terrible. But like it's not terrible. It's but a when good you product, need it, like for you know, household things like you broke a vase or something, like it really works. For sure. It's it actually, works. It's actually an amazing product. It's just dangerous. Agreed. Cool. Are you ready for it in the final story? There's kind of a convergence of your world and mine. Sure. Kim Kardashian is slammed for a tone-deaf tribute to Steve Harwell in uh, a gold bikini. Mm. So Kim Kardashian appeared to pay tribute to the late Smash Mouth singer Steve Harwell with a sign signature snap of herself in a bikini, but not everyone was feeling the love. She posted a mirror selfie to Instagram Wednesday where she was wearing a metallic two-piece, and her caption was, All that glitters is gold. That's what she captioned in reference to the band's hit song, All Star. Now, people were quick to comment, low-key tone deaf, but go off. Kim, there's literally people that are dying, literally. Someone dies and you use their lyrics to post a thirst trap, eye roll emoji. Others pondered whether Kardashian was even aware that the rocker had passed away on Monday. Now, I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, Steve Harwell, a great lyricist, he did not invent all that glitters is gold. He used that very common phrase in a lyric. That's a that's a phrase outside of the song. Sure. Are you okay? Why are you No, being? like this is so fucking dumb. Yeah, okay. Like Kim Kardashian was was paying tribute, it sounds like she was, wasn't. No, no, I don't agree. Okay, no, I don't agree that she it was, was a complete a gold coincidence. Bikini. She was wearing a gold bikini. And so when you wear gold and you take a picture and you post it on Instagram, you always want to have like a funny quirky caption. So she was like, Okay, gold. All that glitters is gold. Okay, so you can play that angle. I, in reality, am going to play the angle that she was si signaling some kind no of loose tribute. And I want to say that the tribute was incredibly nice. Thoughtful. There is no reason why any kind, like, she's not using, like, again, and I'm a, a big Smash Mouth, like, th this, right. I love this, this You're music. really feeling the loss of Steve Harwell. You're a big Smash Mouth guy. No, so I was, I was going to say, he really wasn't, like, he wasn't that famous, Right. He was famous, but like the idea that Kim no, his, is his one or two of his songs are like deeply embedded in pop culture, but yes. he himself as a celebrity is not, is not, is not. And so the idea that Kim Kardashian is somehow using it to prop herself it up is, is brain dead. It's absurd. Like it doesn't make any sense. No, if anything, right. she is actually bringing more light to his very sad and tragic death, death. by posting this. It's an amazing take. 
It's terrible. I just want to say, you've kind of been, like, this episode, like, really giving fire takes. Yeah, well, it's because I read the stories, so. Yeah, you never do. I, I was able you, to prepare. I you, you, get, the, you, you usually just, like, throw them in front of me, yeah. and I'm like, what happened here? No, I actually read them. Huh. And, uh, yeah, Smash Mouth, uh, Steve Harwell. It's very sad. It is. I don't think we know more details than what I read earlier, but such a terrible drinking problem. Alcoholism, Died yeah. of just a liver problem from the Jimmy Fallon stuff to this. Just, like... If if you have a problem with drinking, like fix it. If someone Try in your life, or some, no, if, it's not that easy. If no, no, go to go want. to find help. That's what I mean. But if someone in your life, I think a better kind of PSA for this episode. If someone in your life is struggling, you know, be there for them because it really it has such terrible consequences. Yes, yes, alcoholism it's, stinks. It's a deadly disease, and you know what? A lot of times it's hereditary. It can run in your family. Yeah. So like you're literally left with no choice. It's terrible. It's, it's horrible. It's terrible. Um, and on the Steve Harwell stuff. Mm -hmm. If anybody somehow has not seen the movie Rat Race, you gotta see. Is Rat he Race. in it? No, but I mean, he's in it. Smash Mouth performs oh. at the end. Oh. Like there's this big concert. What songs do they sing? Uh, they sing All Star. Now, do they have other songs? Yeah, I, they do the cover of I'm a Believer. When I saw her face. Okay, but no, that's not their song. Like obviously, we all know them from Shrek. Uh, Hey now, you're an all. That's yeah. from Shrek, right? Yeah, and that was also Shrek. just like a. Big but I'm song. saying everybody says that it's from Shrek. It's from Rat Race. Okay, their top five songs are, of course, All Star, I'm a Believer, and then Walking on the Sun. 150 streams. It's a good song. Oh. Yeah, you know the song. I know the song. Okay. Slaps. Okay, but like, watch Rat Race. That's kind of Need like Need I say more? Is that what you want to leave the people with today? Because that was our fifth and final. Just read quickly. Just read the cast of Rat Race. I don't have my phone. It's important. Okay. Do you know, it's that, important. I, do you know that I've never seen Rat Race? You're lying. Yeah. I don't even know what it, like, what I'm it's I'm actually, about. I'm like disgusted. Is is it Jackie Chan? No. Uh, what am I thinking of that's Jackie Chan that you love? Rush Hour? Rush Hour. Same yeah, thing. but literally, Rush Hour doesn't even. Literally I, I've said thing. hold the candle twice and I don't even know if that's the right expression. Okay. Doesn't even come close to Rat Race. Okay. Rat Race cast. Uh, read this cast. Listen to this. Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Mr. Bean. John Cleese. Yes. Vince Vuluff. I've never heard of any of these people. Oh, wow. I can't believe you would recommend a movie that has Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. By the way, he was fantastic. <laughs> Keep going. Wow. Whoopi Goldberg. Brecken Meyer. Ben, this is like not an impression. Seth Green? Yes, it is. Oh, here. Seth Green, John Lovitz. John oh. Lovitz? Oh, Ben. You didn't say Kathy Najimy was in the movie. No, no. Had you said Queen Kathy Najimy, you know, I'd watch. Do you know Kathy Najimy? Yeah, and do you know who she's married to in the movie? Who? John Lovitz. Do you know who Kathy Najimy is? Of course. I I would take a bullet for Kathy Najimy. No, no, I'd take a bullet for their marriage. There's an unbelievable scene. They're a lovely Jewish family in the movie. Oh wow! And they end up. Wait, what's at, the premise of the movie? The premise of the movie is that. Are there any rats in it? No, that there is a race. Uh, they're at a casino mm -hmm. and all of these high rollers are looking for a, another way to get, on, get in on the action. So they orchestrate this race of human beings. It's like an amazing race where they all bet on these people to go across the country and like get this key that, has, that unlocks this box at the end. And you're like tracking their journey and they're all trying to race towards the money. It's a race for money. That's it literally sounds moronic. Okay, it's literally unbelievable. And on uh, John Lovitz's journey, they're a nice Jewish family. They accidentally have a run in uh, with with Adolf Hitler's supporters. Oh God! And uh, they end up driving Adolf Hitler's car, and <laughs> it's it's the best. Wait, movie. does the movie take place in the forties? No. No, I don't understand. You gotta watch it. Okay. Everybody, watch Rat Race. That's what you want the people to know. You want them to listen to your podcast, buy Spritz, look, and yeah, watch I'll, Rat I'll, I'll Race. Listen to Good Guys. 
check out Spritz Society and check out specifically Pink Lemonade. Notify for details so that you know when it's going to sell out. It sold out last time, three days. Everybody's like, where'd it go? It's gone and it'll be gone again. So notify. Watch Rat Race. If you have trouble drinking with drinking, seek help. And if you see somebody that has a drinking problem in your life, help them. Help them. So that's like the message you want to leave people with. It is. Those four four things. And... Uh, right. streaming services are going to be so confused why Rat Race all of a sudden shot up. It's like, not, why it, are people, yeah. yeah. By the way, it's not going to because you like didn't really like make it seem enticing. I've literally no interest in watching it after the description you gave. It's the best movie. I can't explain why, but it is. Just trust me. Okay. Will you watch it? No. Why not? Like maybe, maybe in like a year. No, you'll Ask watch me again it. in a year. Fine. Deal. All right, that's our show. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Hope you guys enjoyed Toast Week uh, Returns. Next week, we're back, and we've got five episodes next week. Oh, yes, we have five episodes next week, and I'm going to be in Florida for the Jewish holidays, so I'll be in studio with Jackie, which will be fabulous, so you have that to look forward to. Thank you so much for listening to the Toast on Monday Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories you need to know every Monday, the Friday, and YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts and podcasts can be found on Spotify, Twitter, Public Radio, I have a guest post, so I'm going wickedly talented. We are. Have an amazing day. Thank you, Ben, for being here. Thank you. And have a great weekend, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye, guys.